What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Homemakers and Business Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Duke. I'm a dedicated wife, homesteader, and brand and website designer here to encourage fellow legacy-minded homemakers on their entrepreneurial journey. In this podcast, we're not just talking business. We're exploring the art of blending homemaking and entrepreneurship. From candid chats with other homemakers in business to motivating solo episodes, each week you'll find something to inspire you along your way to building a business that truly aligns with your values and dreams. Whether you're stepping into the world of entrepreneurship for the first time or are a seasoned business owner, you're in good company. Expect real conversations, actionable advice, and a friendly space where you're not just a listener, but a member of our supportive community. By the end of each episode, you'll be inspired, encouraged, and empowered to step confidently toward your life and business goals. So grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. You're listening to the very first Homemakers and Business Kitchen Table Chat. This is simply what I'm calling my guest interviews. The goal is to have a natural conversation with other homemakers in business as if we were sitting at my kitchen table, coffee or tea in hand, swapping stories, advice, and practical tips like girlfriends do. My guest today is fellow homemaker in business, Dana Lewis, and she is a wife, twin mom, and travel extraordinaire. She owns DWD Travel and Destination Weddings, an expert travel design company specializing in all-inclusive resort destination weddings and worldwide honeymoons. I just love Dana, and I think you will too. In this conversation, we covered many topics that are important to homemakers in business, like feeling comfortable and inspired in your workspace, whether that's a home office or the couch, expectations versus reality of running a business from home with children, importance of a support system, how to create your own work schedule, and so much more. Dana and I have been Instagram pals for years now, and she actually just this year became a client of mine, so that's super cool too. And if you aren't from the South, you'll probably get a kick out of our Alabama and Texas accents. And if you are from the South, you should feel right at home with us. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Dana. All right. So today is a special day. I have my very first guest on the Homemakers and Business podcast, my good friend and client, Dana. I'm so like, just so excited to have her on my inaugural podcast interview so Dana, would you please uh, tell us who you are, what you do, and who you help, all that good stuff. All right. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and I'm honored that you also consider me a friend. So that feels really good. Um, my name is Dana Lewis. I am a Texas born and bred girl through and through. I have to throw that in there because we recently did a stint in Arizona and I'm just so glad to be back in Texas. Um, but I help couples all over the country. So my uh, location really means nothing. Um, but in, in my business, I am a destination wedding planner. My business is DWD Travel and Destination Weddings. Um, along with that, I do plan family vacations as well, as that just is kind of a natural fit, having my own family and then growing with my clients as they become parents and all that good stuff. But looking forward to being here and chatting with you. 
Yeah, all that stuff is so great. Um, You're so good at what you do. I mean, I haven't personally used you for anything like that, but just seeing um, your interaction with your clients on Instagram and um, being in the back end of your business on your website and stuff, you do a really, really excellent job at your job. Like you could tell that you love it um, and that it's a really big passion for you. So that kind of leads me into my first question is what actually led you to pursuing a travel business and a travel business from home or while you're traveling essentially? Cause I know you just, was it recently that you went to Costa Rica? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we, we did our family vacation in Costa Rica and I was able to work from there. So essentially I can work from anywhere, which is fantastic. But I feel like my story is a little bit nuanced um, and it's kind of a big deal. It's been 10 years. This December will be 10 years for the first time I got on a plane. So I'd never been on a plane until I was 26 years old. Um, My husband had traveled all over. He worked in Africa, Cuba, all over the United States. So traveling was no big deal to him. And one day I'm complaining as I had done for many, many years, I want to go somewhere. I want to go to New York City specifically. And he looked at me and was like, just go. Like it was the simplest thing in the world. But to me, it was not. It it was something other people did. Something only rich people did was travel. So I I did. I planned a week-long trip for my mom and I. She had also never flown, and it it truly changed my life. We got back from that trip. I planned several other trips, and then friends and family kept saying, you should become a travel agent. Do those even exist anymore? Like, all I could think of was, I can't remember the little girl's name on uh, Sleepless in Seattle, where her parents just, you know, printed out the tickets and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Have a nice day. You're on your way. Um, that's, was like my vision of travel agents. So, but I do so much more than that. I really curate special experiences and one of a kind trips and destination weddings. So now here I am, um, 10 years later and actually in December, my mom and I, along with my two twins, uh, they're five now. I'm going to take them to New York City, and I cannot wait. We're going to go about the same, not for a whole week, but for a few nights during that same time period. So we're going to be there on the exact dates my mom and I were 10 years ago. So I can't wait for that. Oh, my gosh. That makes me so happy for you. That's going to be so special. It is. The kids are, so we've watched Home Alone a whole lot. Home Alone 2 is is our favorite, and, of course, that's the New York episode. So they have requested to go ice skating, to be picked up by limo with a cheese pizza (laughs) with Mr. Grinch playing. Those are their requests. I'm like, I don't know if I can pull off the cheese pizza, but the limo, I can, I can make that happen. So I'm working on all that stuff. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is so awesome. Like what a great inspiration for them to like watch those movies and then be like, I can do that in real life because my mom can make this magic happen. Yes. Yes. And to know, I think back, they were one the first time we took them somewhere. And I probably would have never taken them, but it was at the request of my mother-in-law. She wanted us us to all go on an Alaskan cruise. 
and they were, like I said, they were one, about one and a half. <sighs> Crazy to think, you know, taking one and a half year old twins on a cruise, but we did it. And, you know, I questioned it the whole time uh, or leading up to the time. But then my son noticed the chips of iceberg in the water as we're sailing along. And I'm like, I'm going to remember this. He's not going to remember this, but I'm going to remember this my entire life. And that really solidified traveling with them for me. And and over the years, you know, they do, they have started to remember the trips we go on and yeah. it really does have an impact on them. And I think it has an impact on their, their character and their personality. You know, as a kid, I was very shy and um, not to say that they aren't shy, but I was very closed off, walled off. I didn't want to interact with people I didn't know. I had a hard time, you know, Meeting new people, I still do. You know, now we take them on trips and they go to the kids club. They beg to go to the kids club. So they love making new friends, like even going to McDonald's. They want to play with play with different kids. And I would have never done that. So I can definitely see the impact on traveling with them. So that's exciting. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. We don't have kids yet, so I can't see it from your perspective. But as a kid, my grandparents took me on, I can't count how many trips like we never traveled out of the country we only traveled by plane twice I think and that was to Hawaii both times but they always tell this little anecdotal story of when I was like three years old they took me to the beach somewhere down along the uh, Gulf Coast area and I made friends with this girl in the pool and like we played together all week long because we were staying at the same hotel never saw her again don't remember the encounter at all but I had a great time at that time. And my, I mean, it's something that my grandparents literally still tell that story to this day. So it's something that they've remembered. And I mean, there's been stories like that over the course of my entire childhood. We don't get to go on as many trips with them now, but like, that's like such a fun part of my childhood is looking back, traveling with my grandparents. Yes. That's going to, that's going to even transfer to you when you have kids, you know, those experiences and making that important for you. I feel like I'm different because I didn't travel much as a kid. We traveled to visit family, which is still absolutely important and a big deal. But traveling in that sense and getting out of your norm and away from people that you know in your comfort zone, I think is really important. Your story makes me think of a story with the kiddos. Um, I traveled with them alone to Mexico. I, I guess it might have been 2020, maybe 2021. I, we went to a resort, so felt very safe and comfortable. And they made friends with a little boy who was about my nephew's age, so maybe around 8 or 10. And, you know, they're three, so they're very young. But, you know, you could tell this little boy loved kids, and it was just so sweet. And he played with them the whole time. And even um, as he was getting ready to leave, because they were going to leave the next day, he had found a seashell. And, and brought it and gave it to them. And he said, you know, I want them to have this. And it was just the sweetest, sweetest thing. So I hope that as they grow, they do things similar. And I kept that shell and I wrote on there, you know, Revere my um, the year and stuff. I have no idea the boy's name, but he was just precious. So, you know, you never know the impact you make because that, you know, as a kid, it rolls over and 
you know, snowballs into impacting other people. So that's a cool story. Yeah, that 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 is so amazing. Yeah, we really don't know. I mean, sometimes we can tell the way that we're having an impact on other people, our kids, our family, friends, stuff like that. But a lot of times we don't. In the instance that you didn't know that little boy's name, I didn't know the friend that I had made for that one week. But mm-hmm. these are things that we carry with us for forever, as long as we can remember them. So I think that's just really cool and really interesting. I want to kind of bring it back, though, to like you you uh, started this travel business. You had all these people telling you this is what you should be uh, doing, like you're really good at it or whatever. Um, what did you actually do before you decided to pursue the travel business? So I worked for a community college. I was an advisor, a student advisor at a community college in Waco, where I am from. Um, and I actually did both for several years. Um, I worked for the college for seven years, I think. Um, and two or three of those, I had my travel business. And then once my kids were born, I was like, I think I want to try to pursue this full time and stay home with them and see how it goes. And, um, my business took off after I did that and survived COVID, not only survived COVID, but am now thriving and and thrived in 2021 and have continued to grow. So, um, it was a, it was the best decision. It's very different than what I thought it would be, but the best decision. I was going to say, I think that we got connected online about 2020, like really early on before um, the pandemic actually hit. And it's been so fun watching your business grow just since then, which it's hard to believe that that's been three years now, uh, almost four, my goodness. But the fact that something that was based around travel during a time where people weren't really traveling that much, like to the public Mm -hmm. eye, it seemed anyway, um, it's amazing that you were able to grow as much as you have um, from that. Yes, I feel very lucky and blessed to have made it through and continue to see that growth. So when you think about when you were initially thinking of starting this business, what kind of vision did you have in mind of what running a home-based business would look like? I started my business in 2015. They were born in 2018. So 2018 is when I transitioned to full-time. So before that, it was, you know, more of a side hustle, just trying to see, okay, is this going to work? Could I ever make it, you know, a full-time income? Really kind of a pipe dream. Um, At that time, I started calling it um, my nap time empire. Um, You know, just trying to make it work during nap time and things like that. But it eventually, you know, took off, like I said, turned out very different than I had envisioned. Um, I really, I feel like in the beginning, I didn't really have a vision, just trying to, just trying it out, you know, Um, more like, I don't want to say a hobby, but it being kind of a part-time gig made it feel like a hobby, if that makes sense. Not to discount that in any way or discount folks that have side businesses. Um, for me, that's just kind of what it felt like. I, like I was just having fun. And then when I transferred over, you know, to full time, I was like, okay, I have to make this work. 
And very soon on after leaving my full-time job, I was like, okay, I never want to have a boss again. So this (laughs) has to work. (laughs) So really digging into all of that and all of the things that make a business a business, I didn't realize. And there's just so much more to it than we see on the outside. Um, so really bringing that all together, figuring out all of that. I'm still figuring it out. I feel like businesses are constantly evolving and figuring things out. And um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's a good thing. But really just kind of transferring from side gig to full time was not only a game changer for my business, but for my mindset and for the realization that this is so much more than I realized. Oh, yeah. No, that, that's such a big realization too, though, because I think I started freelancing in 2015. So around the time that you were starting your business too. And I think that was like about 2015, probably 2014-ish to 2019, 2020 was like the height of women starting a lot of side hustles, especially in the MLM world mm-hmm. and just trying to make this like side income. So it was yes. kind of hard to differentiate that from people that were actually doing this full time mm-hmm. and running something that they could grow to be, you know, something that supports their entire family, essentially, which being further along now, you see a lot more of that. Um, the more that you're in the space and whatever, you see more examples. And that's kind of something that I'm hoping to uh, bring to the show here is more examples of people actually doing this and bringing in significant amounts of money for their family and not just, oh, I'm getting an extra hundred bucks a month or whatever to pay like a single bill, which is amazing when you're first starting out. Right. And if that's all you want to do, yes, totally fine. And if that's your goal, that's great. Yes. Yes. So I think, and, and two, I think it's hard to, I think we've talked about this before. It's hard to get people to take you seriously, especially family, maybe the older generation of family, grandparents, mm-hmm. getting them to understand like, oh, this is my job and I make money and I make just as much money as before. Actually, I make more. So to get people to understand that I am a legitimate business, this is a legitimate job, I am making money, I'm supporting my family in tandem. I'm getting to live my dream and I'm getting to show my kids firsthand hard work and, you know, that sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So talking about like those close to us, not really understanding what it is we do or taking us seriously and stuff like that. Do you feel like you ever had to convince your husband that that was like, was there, was there ever a period where he was like, Oh, she's just doing this for fun or whatever. And it's not really going to go anywhere. Or like, was he like full in supportive of you from the start? He is and was my biggest supporter. If it was not for him, I would not be doing what I'm doing. I would not be where I am. I would have never traveled. So he is absolutely my biggest supporter. He really, really, really pushed me and continues to push me beyond what I could ever dream. So I think finding someone, and and maybe it's not a spouse at the beginning, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a mentor who can push you and exercise those muscles that have not been 
been doing or that you're afraid to to push, I think is is really really important. My husband, number one supporter, and he's like, as long as you can, you know, pay your bills. Um, in the beginning, you know, I had a little bit of debt. He's like, as long as you can take care of that, I'm I'm here for it. And now um, I'm getting to where I'm making an impact in our household. So it's awesome. That's so amazing. Because I'm sure that's not the case with everybody that's listening. Like, I'm sure there's people that no one is supporting them. And they're just kind of trying to yeah. push through this desire to work from home or build whatever kind of business it is that they're wanting to build and they've got no one supporting them. Yeah. Like they don't have the support of their husband, their parents, friends. Like that's one of the things that's hard for me around here is my husband and my parents, they are great supporters of what I do. In fact, I'm almost positive my mom is listening to this right now. And uh, <laughs> But ha- I don't have any friends that are around me that have a business like this that are working from home full time. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult trying to maintain friendships with people that are working regular nine to fives or like working night shift or something like that and trying to, I don't know, just keep those relationships going and then trying to get mm-hmm. new relationships online with people that actually know what you're going through. Cause I think that's important to have both sides of that coin. The ones that don't they're not necessarily completely involved in your world. So you can still have interesting conversations with each other. Like, Oh, this is what you do. That's what you do. How different. And then you've got to have the people like us that know each other. Yes. Like you need the relationships of people that don't necessarily understand, but then I think the relationships like ours where we totally get the difficulties and the nuances of working from home home businesses, um, whether it be working from home or home businesses. One of my best friends just left her nine to five corporate job after 20 years and is starting her own home business. And, um, you know, I'm like, okay, well, we can try to co-work because I want to encourage her and help her not get lonely. Like I'll send you my Google meet link and we can kind of co-work and just know like each other is there even though we're not working on the same things, but just having someone there to talk to kind of like we're a cubicle away. We're just a screen away. Um, because it gets really lonely. It gets really lonely working from home. Yeah. Yeah, It it really does. I like that. What you said about being like a cubicle away, but on the screen that that's so funny. Cause I did work. (laughs) One of my previous design jobs was in the city in Birmingham and we were in little cubicles all around the office and, I don't know that that image just popped in. Um, mm-hmm. Did not enjoy that actual atmosphere at all. Hated being in a cubicle because I felt like I couldn't I couldn't customize it enough to actually feel yep. comfortable in it. I've been there. Yep, I've been there. I had, I had my cubicle covered in crap, yeah. <laughs> just trying to make it cute and comfortable and you know encouraging and inspiring. You know, even though I didn't really work in a creative job, you still I think you need to be inspired in whatever work you do. So, yeah, I think the atmosphere definitely definitely matters. So I feel y'all make cubicle. Absolutely, <laughs> watching you move like from uh, was was it Arizona y'all went to? Uh huh. Okay, like mm-hmm. coming from Texas to Arizona and then back. You've had multiple home offices now. So what has that been like creating new spaces for you to work in, but, you know, still making it still feel like home? 
I feel like I, this, so this is going to be my third, this is my third home office now. And I feel like I finally have it down to where it's functional. It's pretty and inspiring. Like pretty to me is important. Like even in a home, I always, my husband's like, why, why are you doing all this decorating? Like within two weeks of being moved in, the house was fully decorated. That's just how I thrive. And I always say, even if no one ever came to visit, decorating to me is important because it makes me feel good. It makes me feel inspired. It makes me love home. Um, And I think that's really important. So I have finally found, you know, my flow with how, how a workspace needs to be for me and the organization and all the things and making it pretty, like the wall behind me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I totally feel that. And my husband's the same way. He's like, I don't understand. <laughs> when we first got married, whole house, beige walls, two couches, a TV, a bed, and no kitchen table and like some workout equipment. That was it. I'm like, no, we got we got some work to do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You want to feel cozy. Yes. It needs to feel inviting. Even if it's just inviting for yourself, you know, you want to feel that. When you come home and when you're at home, you want to feel comfortable and you want to feel at home, not in a stark. I I know exactly what you're talking about. That's how my husband was when we (laughs) met. Like, it was just nothing. Like, thank goodness for his mom and sisters for kind of making it a little bit, you know, more cozy. But um, I totally, totally get what you're saying. And now he doesn't argue with me when I ask him to, you know, hang things up or... (laughs) This past weekend, he hung curtains for me. Finally, we got curtains hung. And I'm like, okay, it really is starting to feel feel good and, and feel like home. Yeah, I think it's so important. Like, I just moved into my second home office within the same house. But yes, it's not done. Like, this beautiful green wall that you see behind me, that is um, only one of about three walls that is actually painted. <laughs> So there's still like this section over here (laughs) that's red and ugly and I hate it, but I've just been doing like a little bit at a time. Like my first focus was getting what Mm -hmm. was behind me to look well so that when I'm on video like this, like if obviously people are listening to a podcast, but I might use some of these clips or whatever for social media. So it needed to look nice behind me, but my old office was like, like a hundred square feet or something like that. It was real tiny, but you know, that's more than a lot of people have where they're working from their couch or their kitchen table or whatever. And I've been there too, but that one room had Mm -hmm. a single window and it was looking off our covered back porch. So sunlight never came in and it just felt so dark and dingy. Mm -hmm. And now I'm in a room where there's three double windows and there's so much natural light coming in that I almost don't even need lights on. Right. And it just feels like I can I don't know, breathe breathe and be in this space for longer. And it doesn't feel as much like work. Yes. Mm -hmm. It totally makes sense. I think that's really important. Important is setting the stage for where you'll work. Even like I said, even you mentioned working from your couch, even if you have to work from your couch, make sure you feel good in your living room. If you don't, you're not, you're not going to feel inspired. You're not going to want to work because you don't feel good in this space. And I do sometimes still work from the couch. I take my laptop and work from the couch or from my bed. Yesterday morning, I worked outside. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic. It's finally starting to cool off here. So really just making wherever you're going to work, make sure you feel inspired and, and warm and cozy in that space. 
you don't want a cold, dingy office, like yep. you said. You don't want it to feel like a cubicle. <laughs> no, you definitely don't want that. <laughs> All right. Well, moving in a little bit of a different direction now, still kind of talking about the moving thing, but what was it like running your business while you were moving? Because you weren't in Arizona for very long. So it was like you moved, you were there for a little while, then you moved back and you were still running your business while you did that. So how did that look for you? Yeah, that was a wild time. So a little bit of backstory. We, I'm Texas born and raised, lived here my whole life. Until a little over a year ago, we moved to Arizona, spring 2022, and we ended up moving back in January 2023. So we were there there a very, very short time. We did not expect that, or we would have never moved at all, but it is what it is. But I had to keep my business going during that time. Luckily, my business is online. I don't meet with clients in person usually. I can travel from anywhere, so that's not a huge deal. But kind of organizationally back end, I just had to make sure to stay organized. I immediately set up my office. That was my first thing in all the places we moved. So I think just making that a priority when you work from home, that organization and, you know, keeping all of that um, top of mind is really what helped me keep things going. And a good good laptop. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And at that time, you didn't have your assistant then, did you? I did not. No, I just recently hired her um, since I moved back. So earlier this year, I hired an assistant and that has been a game changer for me. It's been such a short time, but how has that made running your business different? And like, how does that translate over to the time that you're able to spend with your family and stuff too? Yeah. So I hired her. She had done some virtual assistant work for me, like social media, things like that. And that has been been ongoing for years, but I never wanted to let go of control of anything touching client mm-hmm. work. So earlier this year, my husband and I went on our 10-year anniversary trip, and I was like, I want a real vacation. I want to not have to work. So I made sure, one, to not plan anybody else traveling during that time. And I actually did break the rule. I ended up having two people travel, (laughs) two different trips. But it went okay. But I knew I wanted to hire someone and have them trained to do new um, wedding guest reservations and process payments while I was away. That way I wouldn't have to worry about them um, while I was gone. So that was a huge deal. I got her trained and onboarded and I didn't have to do any of that stuff and got to have a real vacation. It was amazing. So now she's, you know, still doing that and I'm able to focus more on working in the business um, or is, is it on the business? I always get that mixed up. Working on like the behind yeah. the scenes stuff, the the meat and bones and, and she's working on, you know, that client facing stuff, which is which is great. So that allows you to work more on the parts of your business that you want to be working on, right? Yes, absolutely. And makes me feel more energized and I really get more done in the day because I'm, I'm excited about what I'm doing. And therefore, if I get more done in the day, I have more time at the end of the day with my kids, with my family, not working on weekends anymore. I'm not working at night anymore, unless I just want to. Um, So yeah, huge, huge deal. 
I know that's a big deal for you because I've seen you many, many nights being up so late. Like I'll get on stories yeah. the next day and it'll be like posted three hours ago. Dana, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I know. And actually several weeks back, probably, well, it's been probably a month and a half, two months ago. I was in a, I was just on a roll. I don't know what it was, but I just felt like so energized and wanted to get all this stuff done. And so I, I was staying up like multiple nights in a row until like three or four in the morning, just getting stuff done. And it felt good, but it was stuff I wanted to do. It wasn't stuff that had to be done. Yeah. I mean, it needed to be done, but it wasn't like, I have to get this done today. It was nothing like that. So that was exciting. At not anymore. It doesn't look like that anymore. So that's great. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> no, I totally get that too. Cause that's one of the beautiful things about running your own business from home is that you get to set your hours and you decide when you work. And for some people that can be really hard to like, if they don't like working on a schedule, then they're just working whenever mm -hmm. they have the time. And that's totally fine when you're starting out, if you can get your stuff done that way. But I know for me, it works better. I get the more important things done faster if I have mm -hmm. set hours that I'm working. So in the mornings I work nine to 12, I take an hour lunch and then I work either one to three or one to five, depending on my husband's schedule. And if I want to mm -hmm. work later than that, I can, but it's not going to be on one of my big three things that I need to get done that day. Like they got done that morning. Everything else in the afternoon yes. is just whatever I want to get done or needs to get done, but isn't quite as pressing. Right. Yep. Yep. Same. I have gotten to where I have a schedule and clear boundaries with client work with clients and anything, you know, that I just want to do that. I feel like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this tonight or over the weekend, which is very, very rare. Um, I'll get it done, but it's nothing that has to be done because mm -hmm. I've, I've learned those clear, clear boundaries, which are really hard when you work from home. And like you mm -hmm. said, you, know, you don't really have a schedule. You have to make a schedule for yourself and you kind of have to train your clients to know I am, even though I'm home-based, I am not accessible 100% of the time. Um, unless you're traveling, that's a completely different story, but I'm not going to answer texts at 10 o'clock at night or even seven o'clock at night because that's not during my business hours. I'm not going to respond to emails late at night. I, and that used to be me. Like I would just drop everything and like, this is a client I have to, I have to get this done, but yeah. you don't have to, you have to have boundaries. And, and I think people appreciate boundaries. And if they don't, they're not your people. They're not my people. Anyway. Oh, gosh. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is a mic drop moment because Learning to set those boundaries is so difficult in the beginning, not just with clients, but like with family and stuff too, going back to them, not understanding yourself too. Yes. But going back yes. to like family, not understanding what it is that you do. They're like, oh, you can work whenever. So you can just come do this thing with me for three or four hours in the middle of the day. And then you can work later. Like technically, yeah, I, I could, but I have to have yeah. that boundary with myself that and be aware of when my energy is at its highest and when it starts to decline. And my energy is always highest yes. in the morning and it declines after lunch. Yes. Yep. And I am actually the opposite. I feel like my energy comes in the afternoon, but that doesn't work for me. 
I have to make myself get things done in the morning because that's when my kids are now at school. Mm -hmm. So that totally different, you know, shift there. So yeah, you just kind of have to fit what works your lifestyle. And if you don't, you don't have kids or you don't have kids at home, just kind of working with what works for you and finding what works for you. So, which is sometimes why you see me up late at night working. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I'm not working on things that that have to. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's nothing wrong with working when you want to work. If you feel like, like you're get a burst of creative energy or whatever, and you're like, oh, I have this huge idea and I'm not going to sleep unless I do something about this right now. Like you have the ability to just go ahead and get it done if you want to do it. Right. Talking about like uh, setting your schedule if you don't have kids. For me, that was one of the more difficult parts was that my day was just completely open. Like my husband has a set schedule and he's a teacher. So Um, not just a teacher, but a band director. So he's got like after school stuff that happens, things that happen on weekends. And I was like, you know, when I was setting up my schedule the last few years, um, I wanted to be able to go to his events. So like go to football games, go to competitions, concerts, traveling things and stuff like that. So I decided I just set my schedule around his schedule and it works great. Mm -hmm. Like, I can, I have the ability that if I need to take my laptop with me, like to a game or something and get something done there, I can do it and still be present. I don't like to do that, but it can be done if it's necessary. So I think finding something in your life that is already kind of scheduled or has a routine to it, that's easier to Mm -hmm. build your schedule around rather than just kind of starting from scratch. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, if you... Like that is a great example, you know, setting it based on your spouse's schedule or your kids or say you have neither, find a friend and and set your schedule to align with theirs. That will just give you some accountability, you know, and help you not just work yourself to the bone because that's really, really easy to do. Staying up all day, all night, looking at that endless to-do list. Like you mm-hmm. have to have those boundaries and you, you really do have to have a schedule, whatever that schedule looks like and works for you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Do you have any advice for other homemakers in business when it comes to feeling pressure from whether it's their family or friends or just society in general to be doing work and home life in a certain way? way, like feeling like they have to fit into this box and they're like, no, I want to get outside of the box, but they're feeling this pressure to conform to a certain image. Like, do you have any advice for them on how to get over that basically? Because it's hard. Yeah, it is really hard. And, you know, I mentioned I transitioned full-time working from home about six months after my twins were born. So I had this vision for myself. I would take care of them. I would make sure our house was perfect, you know, perfectly clean, everything done all the time, dinner made, and I would manage a business. That is not doable. That is not sustainable. It's not even possible for one person to do all of that. 
so I think just letting those expectations of yourself go. And I feel like a lot of times, even more than society, we put those expectations on ourselves because that's what they, mm. that's what we think society expects of us. And maybe in some places it is, or in, in with certain people, it is the expectation, but just learning that everybody looks different and every business and every home looks different and figuring out what you can let go of. So early on, I was like, this is not, I can't do this. If I really want this business to work and I want this for myself and I want this for our future, I can't do all of this by myself. So I started out in putting our kids in um, parents day out at one of the local churches and that was that was fantastic and that really helped me kind of transition to where we are now which is starting kindergarten and then I also which is so against like everything I ever grew up you know being ingrained hired a housekeeper Mm -hmm. and I'm not rich by any means like that's another one of those things only rich people have housekeepers no I'm a regular person. I just happen to like prioritize travel and prioritize having a housekeeper because I know if I want to be the kind of mom, wife, business owner that I want to be, I have to let things go. So that is one of the things that I have, I'm I'm letting someone else take care of. And just knowing like you're not going to have it all together all the time. And some days you might, most of the days you're not. And it's really just, it's a mindset of learning to not let other people get in your head, not let yourself get in your head. And sometimes it is a compartmentalization. Like right now I'm in work mode. I am at Mm -hmm. work. I'm at my desk. I have to ignore what's outside the door, which is a huge mound of laundry that I haven't done in, you know, two weeks, which never happens, but sometimes (laughs) it You just got to let it go. And tomorrow is the weekend and I'll work on the laundry. Really just, it's learning to not let other people get in your head, learning to compartmentalize and learning that it's okay to not get it all done. Mm -hmm. We're not fifties housewives. (laughs) We are work from home wives. Oh, yes. Yes. That is such a... It's another mic drop moment from Dana. Um, (laughs) (laughs) When people see the word homemaker, I think that's the image that pops into a lot of people's minds that aren't actually living that life Mm -hmm. because you, you see like, like these old um, like manuals on how to be a good housewife or whatever. And it's talking about like the house must be spotless when the husband arrives home at five and you have to have like a five course meal ready and all this stuff. I'm like, that's not realistic. I've been fired a long time ago. (laughs) 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 That's me too. Like no one can, no one can maintain that kind of lifestyle of trying to make everything Mm -hmm. perfect in every section of your life at all times. Like you can't be a perfect wife, a perfect mother, perfect business owner, perfect daughter, perfect friend, all of that, all at the same time. Mm -hmm. You have to give and take some. Yes. And I think your 
comment on hiring a housekeeper, like thinking of that as being something that only rich people do. Like that would have been something that I thought too growing up. Right. But now being a business owner, I just look at that as that's just outsourcing. Yes, exactly. Business owners do that all the time. Why can't I just do that as a wife? Bingo. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And you know, she's not doing my laundry. She's not doing my dishes. She's not doing like the day-to-day tidying things up. She is doing the the cleaning, the toilets, the dusting, the, you know, all that stuff, the floors mm-hmm. that I don't have days to dedicate to or that I don't want to. Yeah. Because I can either choose to take away from work to do that or take away from family time to do that. And I don't want to do either. Yep. So I can outsource that. I feel the same way. It's just managing your home. Like being the manager of your home doesn't mean that you are the one doing the work the entire time. Yeah. It's delegating it. Like, okay, I can't do this. So so and so is going to do this for me. Yes, I love that. And that may not be forever. That mm-hmm. may be something that mm-hmm. I do at some point in the future. But right, right now in this season, it's not possible. For us during right. marching season, there's a lot that goes undone around here because we are both tired mm-hmm. <laughs> all the time. Yes. And I prioritize actually getting to support my husband and go see his band and be with him on days that if I was trying to maintain the house perfectly during that season, I would never get to see him from July to November. Exactly. Exactly. So we have to choose what we want to dedicate our time and energy to. And for me, it's to my business and my family, not to chores. Yes. <laughs> yes. And spotless floors. Like it doesn't matter, but having that weight off my shoulders of knowing it's going to get done and I don't have to add it to my to-do list. Yeah. It's really a game changer. Totally get that. Love it. All right. So let's get into some rapid fire questions. Ooh. So these are just like, I love it when people do this on other podcasts. So I wanted to do it here. These are just like little fun questions where people can get to know you a little bit, which I think everyone's gotten to know you quite a bit through this episode. This has been amazing. Like I think <laughs> we've had a lot of good conversation already, but I want to talk about something that is behind you right now. And that is your hats. <laughs> You have such a lovely collection of hats and I'm not like a big hat wearer, but I love looking at all of your hats. So just what started like the hat collecting? You know, when we got engaged and we did our engagement pictures, I decided to wear this beautiful like floppy hat. I'd never really worn hats. So that was like, what, 10, 11 years ago. And eventually it just kind of like, okay, I'm going to start wearing hats. And I I got a beach hat or, you know, hats like that. Well, let's see, 2022, January 2022, I went to San Miguel de Allende, Mexico, which is central Mexico, very um, like what you would envision as a um, quintessential Mexican town with all the colors and and food and um, vibrant culture and everywhere were hats for sale and in every color you could imagine. And I'm like, I love these hats and I couldn't pick just one. So I brought home 10 hats. (laughs) Now let me tell you, you're thinking, how did you, afford 10 hats 
These hats were $10 and $15. I couldn't not buy these hats. So now I just, I use them as art. I plop them down when I want to wear one and just plop it back up on the wall when I'm, when I'm done wearing it. Um, so I have to use them not only to wear, but for art as well. So multi-purpose sleeves there. And they're so pretty. That's amazing. Uh-huh. I love that so much. I had no idea about that because <laughs> I've seen your hats obviously for years now and always wanted to ask you. So that, that is such a fun story. I have a picture of me um, the night before we left San Miguel. I'm like, how am I going to get these home? I ended up buying like a giant woven plastic kind of beach bag kind of thing. And I stuck them all in there and just carried it on. But I have a picture of me the night before of wearing all of the hats. So I just stacked them all up on top of my head and, and had them all on. It was such a fun picture. <laughs> but yeah, I could not. They were so cheap. So I could not buy them. Oh my gosh. That's so fun. I love that. And they, they look so lovely in all of your offices that you've had. Like, they've been in every office, right? Uh-huh. Yep. That's awesome. What is a book or a podcast or other resource that has helped you, like, just in general? It doesn't have to be business-specific. It could be. Or motherhood, your faith, or something oh like goodness. that. What If It's True by Charles Martin. And it is a book on faith. Faith in Jesus. And What If It's True? You know, it really, it, there are some aspects of the book that I don't necessarily align with or his, um, his beliefs that I don't necessarily align with, but the core, um, his core beliefs, you know, Jesus is, is my savior. I absolutely believe, mm -hmm. but this book really kind of breaks down the story of Jesus and how he saves us and saved us and what he did. And what if it's true? But to me, it helps me talk about it, like with someone that's maybe not a believer or on the fence. But what if it's true? Like, here's what you, if it is true. So I really, that's a book I encourage everybody to read. What if it's true? Um, a Storyteller's Journey with Jesus by Charles Martin. And I also love the author, Fiona Davis. She is historical fiction. All of her books are set in New York City. So very special to me, um, in all historical fiction. And she kind of marries, not necessarily present day, but maybe like, okay, the one I'm reading right now is the Magnolia Palace. It's set in the early 1900s and the 50s. So it kind of goes back and forth and ties like past to more present. And just these beautifully interwoven stories really, really love her as well. I love both of those recommendations. I'm, I made me a note to look them up when I get done. All right. So going into our last rapid fire question. So we have now worked together on two different VIP design days mm -hmm. and they've both been this year. So could you just kind of summarize what that service has done for you and like your mm -hmm perspective of what it is, what you love about it, why you continue to invest in it. Just kind of speak to someone who like might be hearing me talk about this and they like still don't understand or they just want to know a firsthand experience of what it's like. Yeah. So I would describe it as getting stuff done without having to do it. <laughs> so I'm able to 
list out all these things that I need done that I know that you have an expertise in. So the gifts you've done for me, show it design, stuff and show it, things like that, that I don't necessarily want to do or have time to do or have the expertise in doing. I can give them to you and free up my time to do something else and not have to learn something new. I I feel like in the two days we've done this, I have accomplished so, so much. Well, you've accomplished it, <laughs> but it's able to free me up to do the things that I need to do or want to do rather than having to learn something new or brainstorm, troubleshoot, and figuring it out frees up my brain capacity for other things. So definitely highly recommend worth the investment. And if there's like anything, you can do anything for us, right? Um, I feel like you can. Within the realm of design. So, yes. <laughs> Maybe. Yes. And show it, which I think, I feel yeah. like show it is so much more than just design. It's very technical. Mm-hmm. Um it is. So there's yeah. been a lot of like technicalities you've been able to work out on show it for me, which I really appreciate. So it's like, it's getting stuff up, done without having to do it. I love that. That's going to be my new tagline. <laughs> Get stuff yeah. done without you having to do it. <laughs> Let someone yes. else do it for you. <laughs> but that's, that's just another case for outsourcing though, where, you know, someone that's exactly. very starting out at the beginning of their business, they may not have the funds to invest in somebody helping them like this. You might get a friend to do something for you for free a couple of times, but there's going to come a point where it's worth it to spend a little bit of money to get some of your time back so that you can make more money doing the things that you want to be doing. So yes. I think that's a really good yes, explanation absolutely. of it. And then lastly, can you tell everyone where they can connect with you and hire you and get to know more about you and your awesome hats? <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can find me on all social channels at DWD Travel and Weddings. I love connecting with new people, so be sure to follow me on Instagram. Um, and my website is dwdtravel.co. You can learn more about what I do there, um, reach out to plan a vacation, honeymoon, destination wedding, all the things. So yeah, look forward to connecting with new people. I love that. And people will love following you because you post such beautiful pictures, not only from your own travels, but from your clients too. Mm -hmm. Like the way that you do your photo editing. I don't know if that's like something you do or if you have someone else do that, but like everything just looks so nice together and it's so aspirational. (laughs) Thank you. I actually use Lightroom. Super simple. It's an app on your phone. So I think I have desktop version too, but I just use it on the phone because most everybody takes pictures with their phone nowadays. <laughs> that is very true. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here, Dana. Thank you for having me. I really had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for tuning into the Homemakers in Business podcast. I truly do appreciate you spending your valuable time with me. If you loved today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Your feedback seriously means so much to me. If you're ready to take your brand and website to the next level or hire me as your in-house designer for a day, I'd be honored to work with you. You can explore all the details and get in touch on my website at stephanieduke.co. Also, I love connecting with listeners like you. You can find me on Instagram at stephanieduke.co for behind-the-scenes content and more practical tips. Have a question, suggestion, or just want to say hello? You can shoot me an email at hello at stephanieduke.co. And finally, are you a fellow homemaker in business with a story to share? I'd love to feature you on the podcast. 
you can apply to be a guest at stephanieduke.co forward slash podcast. All right. Until next time, friend.